Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Luke? I have an idea. I have a great idea for something, okay? Okay, you and, got a great idea. Yeah. Okay, hold on to your butts. Let's hear it, Luke. Part of me hopes somebody steals this and, like, it actually, like, they, they invent it. and they, That's fine. You can make the money. How about a pen? That works. Wouldn't that be cool? A pen that works. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think somebody's already invented oh, really? that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I hate to let you down a little bit. In touch with that person. Every <laughs> really? Pen Are I you serious? Out, yes, they run out of ink like every seven seconds. Oh, my goodness. That's brutal. It really is. Nobody uses pens anymore. <laughs> no. Right? We're, it's all, we're typing into our phones. That's <laughs> this, what we're doing. This today, is so why. Nobody because pens. they stopped putting effort into pens. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into the fantastic news. Oh, wait. No, it's awful. Uh, surrounding the Phoenix Suns. It happened after our show yesterday. And kind of mixed uh, responses on this, or mixed mixed messages, I guess. Let's start with Shams yesterday afternoon giving an update on Chris Paul. Groins are tough. I mean, anytime you pull a groin, a hamstring, those are those those soft tissue injuries where you pull them. Um, it's tough to heal from. I'm told he's going to have an MRI later today. They're going to know more. But the, their next game is on Friday, and I think he's got to be uncertain for Friday, given there's you know. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. We got three days between games, Uh but uh, I don't know if groin injuries heal in just three days. So, especially when you're Chris Paul's, um, you know, he's a a veteran. Advanced age, is that what you're trying to say? In in, in basketball Basketball terms, obviously. Uh, But listen, it's going to be tough with three days to heal from this groin injury. Yeah, no, it is. I was talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact. You don't heal from a groin strain in three days. You just don't do it. It's the reason why I said go out and try to pot a plant in your garden. Go out and try to do it without screaming. You'll hear the screaming of the lambs. You will hear that because you're going to bend down and you're going to try. No, you're going to scream. It will really hurt you. It's it's something you don't get over in three days' time. Yeah. And if that's the case, if they're not going to have Chris Paul, then I'm over this break. Let's play tonight. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wanted the break to benefit the Suns, but if it's not going to anyway, then let's just get going. Just kind of wondering what's going on right now inside that locker room. What's going on? Um, losing both games, losing both games the way they, they did. Game one, of course, a blowout. And then game two, a situation where um, the fourth quarter was the fulcrum of the game, and suddenly their players played so much better than your players did. And you didn't have Chris Paul. That's a different way, exactly. That's a different way to lose. And now all of a sudden, the news coming down about CP and all these guys, of course, they've known this. They've, They've suspected it from when Chris Paul did it. The very moment he did it, of course, I think most of his teammates probably knew that he's not going to be here for game three. He's not going to be here for game four, maybe even game five. I think most of them already knew that, Luke. Yeah, well, even Devin Booker, who always says everybody's good, didn't uh, after the game say, oh, yeah, Chris will be fine. Even he was like, oh, I haven't talked to him yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, which you're is... right. That's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Book. At that point, you could just assume the guy's missing a game. So the reports out there are that he's going to miss games three, games four, and game five. Uh, but I have this email from the Suns from last night, the Chris Paul injury update. 
Further evaluation has confirmed that Phoenix Suns guard Chris Paul has sustained a left groin in, uh, strain. He is considered day-to-day. So the team is saying he's day-to-day. Well, day-to-day right there. We know how um, that goes with the Phoenix Suns, the day-to-day thing, right? You get that, and okay, uh, maybe he's going to take the shot. Maybe he's not. I have no idea what you're talking about there with the day-to-day and a groin strain, but hopefully it's not that bad. And if it's not that bad, I shot up a groin. I've done it before. I just don't think they do it today. Here's uh, You mentioned you wondered what the locker room is like right now. We asked Jay Williams when he was on with us yesterday that very question. I think it's one in which you, you need to, look, first off, you're trying to understand the groin injury of Chris Paul. And you got to defend home court, Wolf. Like You got to defend home court yep. by any means necessary. You play 40 minutes plus, you play 40 minutes plus. You know, right now what we're asking is we're asking Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to be elite defensively and to be elite offensively. But guess what? You're Kevin Durant. You're Devin Booker. This is what your team requires you to do. If CP3 can't go, you need prolific performances because right now, I don't need to hear any excuses. It is what it is. Yeah, you have no depth. Yeah, you're asking guys, Wainwright, to come off the bench. And it's not the same, but nobody cares. It's time to step up. See, to me, if you're talking about the mindset in the locker room, for me, and I would assume it is this way, Wolf, it's just survival mode. If you just go out there and win game three, figure out a way to do it, figure out a way to win game three, this is a completely different series. Yes, Denver has the lead, but a road team hasn't won a game yet, and you've won the most recent game, and you've shown them you can win without Chris Paul. And it's very doable. I mean, the the, the harsh reality of game two was the Suns played a much better game made adjustments, adjusted well, and came out of the game with a loss and one less key player. Yeah. That's brutal. See, and that's what I'm talking about. That That's why I wonder what is going on inside that locker room right now because they know that they're up against it. You don't want to be, um, you don't want to be in a panic mode inside a locker room. You don't. You're down 2-0 in the series right now, and I get it. Chris Paul is going down, and that's going to impact this team. That is definitely going to impact this team, especially on the offensive end. It's not It's not like Chris Paul was going out and scoring 30 every night for him. We all understand no, but that. He, know he that. did a lot. He did a lot. He, he would make some shots, as we all know, that were important shots. A lot of times he would surface in the fourth quarter as well. We saw that in the Clippers series from time to time. Not only that, too, he, just the flow of the offense is so much better when Chris Paul is out on the floor. I, I don't know if you would agree with that, Luke, but to me, the, the flow overall. There's a difference between getting a look on the floor and getting a good look yeah. on the floor. And Chris Paul is the difference. The, the flow is, is better. Now, I know sometimes, and especially after game one, there were a lot of people who looked at it and said, okay, but they could push the pace a little bit against the Nuggets, and that's fine. Pace is something different, I would say, than offensive flow. But I think the value of a campaign who comes in and is just going to be a maniac and sprint up and down the court and push the pace, and sometimes the ball may fly into the 14th row, of the, the value of that is when you put it up against the way Chris Paul runs things, and you can go with both those looks in the same game, right? It's, it's like a pitcher who has a great fastball and a great curveball, but now it feels like you just have a pitcher who just has a curveball right now. And, you know, typically you just ask Devin Booker to go out there and pitch then. Sure. That's, that's what you're doing anyway, but I, I, I'm 100% with you. I mean, they, they clearly lose a lot without Chris Paul. Back to your point on the psychology of it, it it's got to be frustrating and hopefully not demoralizing that Chris Paul, not only does he just seem to keep getting hurt in the playoffs, 
But this is stuff that wasn't really happening during the regular season. I know he missed games. Yeah. But it just feels like no matter, they've tried a different approach each of the last two regular seasons, and the end result has been, hey, Chris Paul's probably going to miss games in the playoffs. You know? It's great. He could play in February. But he can't play in April for some reason. Yeah. It's incredible right now. And again, you you worry about the guys in the locker room because they're human beings based on Orleans. And what do they think? They're sitting here thinking, okay, uh, we we lost not just two games. We're not just down 2-0 in the series right here because Denver did what they were supposed to do. They went up there and they defended their home court. But it was how they did it. Again, once again, uh, it was how they did it. The Suns were competitive, I would say, in that first quarter of game one. And after that, I, I don't know, Luke, would you say they were competitive? The rest of the game. In game one, I, no. I, no. Denver looked considerably better in game one. They looked like the better team, beyond a shadow of a doubt, in game one. And then game two, oh my goodness, it was a different Suns team that came out right from the get-go. It was a different Suns team. The intensity was there. The effort was there. It was, it was, it was refreshing to see it. And the Suns had a lead in that game for most of the game. And then, of course, lost it in the fourth quarter when it mattered the most. That's a kick in the cradle, so to speak. Now, all of a sudden, you get this news about Chris Paul. And again, it's not like it's a surprise to any of these guys. But ladies and gentlemen, at some point in time, you just feel like things are piling up right now. So what are you going to do about it? You got to walk through it. Are they tough enough to do it and think that way? We'll see. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, are heading to State Farm Stadium with special guests, the Strokes, May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. When we come back, we're going to talk a little baseball. And the name that most of you have been waiting to see pitch is pitching today for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll get you caught up on everything with the D-backs on deck show next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. We're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Uh, D-backs got an early one today against the Texas Rangers in Texas. And then, Wolf, that, of course, means we're going to have Amiel Sade on early because first pitch is 11.05 Arizona time, so Amiel's going to join us at 10.45. But right now, it's time for a little D-backs on deck. And um, we're going to start with the pitching matchup because this is potentially a really good one. Andrew Haney, who's uh, you know highly regarded for the Texas uh, Rangers, who are off to a pretty good start this year, and that's great. Good for him. We don't care about him. Brandon Fott is making his Major League debut this morning for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that is a name that, if you've been listening to Sarah's updates this morning, he's widely considered one of the D-backs' top three prospects, right there with Jordan Lawler and, uh, and, and Drew Jones. Um, that's a name that Merrill Kelly pointed to, out to you and I when we were doing the shows out at uh, Salt River Fields in the spring. He's like, watch this guy. He is the D-backs' best pitching prospect. He is one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. And when you look at where the D-backs have most of their prospects that have come up already, they've mostly been hitters. So Brandon Fott is a very important piece for the Diamondbacks going forward. Yeah, and he's making his Major League debut, Ron Wolfley reporting. I mean, can you imagine that right now? Think about that. Uh, do you think he's excited? Do you think he's a little anxious? Do you think he'd like to get out there and grab the ball? Do you think he's ready to go? I I, I think of all the 
memories that I had uh, back when I was playing and all the people that I would credit and all the people that I would think of as I was getting ready to go out on the field and play my rookie year. But to make your, your debut overall, that to me, to, to take that first step into the best that our species can generate, um, that is a momentous moment. There's no doubt about that. And I wonder where he is right now, where he is mentally, where his soul is, how he's feeling about all of this. It's got to be an exciting day, I would imagine, of course, for him. Well, and they're not easing him into it either. Texas scores 6.34 runs per game, second in the majors this year. So it's not like uh, this was not a situation where they're like, okay, we got a game against the uh, Tigers coming up. Hey, we know we're magically going to bring Brandon Fott up for that game against the Tigers. Now we need to win, and you're going to face one of the best offenses in baseball. Rookie, ready? That's basically what this is. You know what's amazing about that, too, is I listen to you say that. You're right about that. There's no doubt about it. Would it shock you to know that the Arizona Diamondbacks actually have a better team batting average than the Texas Rangers? I I think it would. It's, It's stunning to me. The Diamondbacks are number five. They're number five in all of baseball in team hitting right now with a 265 batting average. And not only that, they're number 10 in top, in runs scored. Top 10. You know, that coming into this year, if you would have told me that, if you would have told me that based on how many games they have played right now at this point of the season, here it is, it's May. If you would have told me that they were going to be the number five hitting team in the league and the number 10 team in terms of runs scored, I would have said you're nuts. No yeah, way. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we figured they were going to be good at manufacturing runs. Yeah, but but not you know when you manufacture runs that that conjures up the image of hey we need four runs to win today so that's how many we're going to get you know what I mean it does it doesn't conjure up the image of a team that's just bashing the ball and, and putting up seven or eight runs when when you're manufacturing runs you better have a good pitching staff yes. you're going to lose a lot of games true. True, and Brandon Fott is a key. He's not the only good young pitcher they have, good pitching prospect, but he is definitely the headliner. Uh, let's get to the injury report. Today's injury report brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the suicide and crisis lifeline. Uh, you know, nothing big as far as uh, injuries for the D-backs. You do have Christian Robinson working his way back from a hamstring injury, and, and he seems to be maybe getting a little bit uh, closer in that regard. He also got reinstated from the restricted list Monday after securing a work visa that makes him eligible to play in games. But that's that's about it as far as injuries right now. D-backs have been pretty good uh, in that regard. So let's get to the keys to the game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. All right, Wolf, I I will start here. Andrew Heaney's a a pitcher you have to make contact against. He was the one that had, what was it, like 10 strikeouts in the first four innings of a game early. If you you get behind in the count against him, he's going to rack up some strikeouts. Now, his ERA is 4.38 on the year. And he, in his last three games, his strikeout totals were six, four, and four. But he 
if you get yourself in trouble, this is a pitcher that can just shut you down for six or seven innings. This is one of the reasons why I cannot wait to see how the Diamondbacks respond based on innings because they are a team that will put the ball in play so much of the time. We talk about them manufacturing runs, and they've done a good job of scoring runs. There's no doubt about that. But more than that, they will put the ball in play, and they're going to need that today. Yeah, they, they are, and, and certainly for any pitcher, unless it's Zach Gallon who doesn't give up runs. By the way, the Zach Gallon stat that just blew me away when I was looking at this last night because he gave up runs in the game last night, right? You're like, what's going on? Zach Gallon doesn't give up runs. You realize out of his last 18 starts, he's allowed a run or, or more, but in eight of them, 10 of his last 18 starts, he's not even allowed a run. Yeah. That's absurd. Would you say that's good? <laughs> that's that's, that's like, that's what's good. going on here is good. That's not good. It's, it's good, it's when, so good when your pitcher gives up a run and you're like, is something wrong? Like, what happened? You gave up a run. <laughs> you went out there and started the game and gave up a run. All right, you ready for the standings? They are presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Desert Wholesale Diamond honored to be a part of your big life moments for over 32 years. The Dodgers are currently in first at 18 and 13. D-backs 16 and 14. They are in second right now. Wolf with a 533 winning percentage. The Padres are a half game back of them. The Giants are three and a half back of the D-backs. And I know you like this. The Colorado Rockies just comfortably in last at 10 and 20. And you know what? I will join you this week since Denver, since the Nuggets have been so Yeah, you kind of like that, right? Just see the Rockies down there, 10 and 20 right there. It's a long season. It's going to get longer for Denver. Take that, Jokic. Yeah, for the Colorado Rockies, of course, it's going to get longer. Right now, just the fact 30 games have been played already by the Arizona Diamondbacks. 30 games in the game of baseball, and yet here they are above 500. 30 games is a good sample size, I would say. You take it in chunks, the baseball season, and 30 games definitely. A large enough sample size where you can say, hey, you know what? If the Diamondbacks if they keep everybody healthy, and that's why the injury report and what you were saying about the injury report is so important. If they can keep everybody healthy, can they actually compete? Will they be hanging around that 500 mark? Will they be hanging around a possible wild card? Yes. I'm willing to say that right now if they, if they keep everybody healthy. Basically a fifth of the way through the season right now. And uh, they are, I mean, I'm just looking at the wild card standings. I know this is ridiculous, 30 games in, but just to put it in perspective with what they've done, the Brewers are the first wild card, the Mets are uh, second, and then the Marlins and D-backs are a half game behind the Mets. So they're right, right there. there. They're a game and a half behind the Dodgers for first. Remember, they have a winning record against the Dodgers this year, and they've already played them eight times. Yeah, how it's, about that? It's not like, hey, they're 2-1 and one against the Dodgers. They've played them eight times already. Yes, April was brutal, and yet somehow, someway, they navigated that. That's the reason why. I'm watching this, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I just looked it up. They're number five in baseball in hits. You know, I I just did not see that coming. We all thought coming into this season it was going to be pitching and defense, pitching and defense, pitching and defense. The Diamondbacks were going to win games with pitching and defense and manufacturing runs. And, yeah, they've had to do a lot of the manufacturing of runs right there. But, again, to do this well through the first 30 games, especially when you consider who they have played in April more than anything else— and to be hitting the ball as well as they are, it's stunning. 
But you know who's doing it too. I mean, Corbin Carroll is batting over three hundred, leading the way. But they've they've got uh, they've they've got a few guys that are really contributing offensively. Christian Walker's been hot lately. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo continues to hit well. Lourdes Gurriel has been a decent pickup for them as well. Josh Rojas has been hitting really well lately. But you look at Corbin Carroll, and I'm just quickly estimating his numbers or his pace. He's on pace for about. A little over 20 home runs and a little over 50 steals. You take that and hear one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Go ahead and hit 300, hit about 22 home runs, steal about 53 bases. That's a good rookie. Yeah, that's nice. Now, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back over to football, how crucial is the relationship between Kyler Murray and Paris Johnson Jr. going to be? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to D-Backs on Deck. Brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I like this. Every segment is just a different sport. Wolf We've done basketball, it's baseball. Nice. Yeah. How about some football? You want to try talking good. football? The blood sport. You want to talk about the blood sport? About okay. the blood sport. Where's yeah. my mouth guard? Let me see where. Where is that? You got to bring that in at some point. I, I do. They still make them the way they used to right now, where you mold it. They still make them that way. You make it sound like they were forged out of fire. I'll never forget when this song came out in 1991. 1991? Is that right? Was this song 19... I don't know what it is, but I do. Yes! The game of football wrapped up in one song right here. We're going to bring it down, ladies and gentlemen. But before we bring it down, we're going to knock your face into the dirt. <laughs> it's gonna, We're going to snap that ball and somebody's going down. Hey. It kind of sounds like he's uh, not the chorus, but the other Yay. parts. He was singing with a mouth guard. Remember that was a big thing? Like nobody could understand the words. And then yeah. the lyrics came out and everybody freaked out. And see how they they bring it down right here? Like the Pixies, they bring this thing down. And all of a sudden it's like you were in the huddle again, all over, waiting for the snap of the ball. The blood sport. Oh, so many good memories. Where are we going in this Isn't the, Aren't the Pixies program? the band that Kurt Cobain was a big fan of? Yes, yeah, the okay. Pixies. Yeah. Yes, up there uh, in um, your neck of the woods, Seattle. The Pixies hanging so out. So was Nirvana. Yeah, right. Um, all right, let's get into football here. I knew that. <laughs> let's, I, <laughs> breaking news. Wolf, Ron Wolfley reporting. Uh, this is Jonathan Gannon, who we talked to on the show yesterday, and we'll get into some of the stuff that we talked about with the Eagles, that was... It's mind-blowing to me how the Eagles are really latching on to this. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about here. And In fact, I'm glad that this question got brought up in the press conference because we just didn't have time for it on the show. But they asked him, Kelvin Beecham's back. How are uh, he and Kyler Murray now? Because you know, there was some thought that maybe with Hollywood Brown in the middle of it that maybe those two weren't on the same page. Beecham and Murray Absolutely. 100% they have. Yeah. And then he went on. Jonathan, back to the Kyler piece. Today, 
talk about things and what was said, or do you just trust them to be pros? Yeah, I talked to them both about it, and they, they handled it. Hey, Jonathan, back to Isaiah for a second. Just to make sure you did not pick up the option, correct? One more time, Josh. We did not. Okay. Guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is also the end of the press conference yesterday. That was well done by JG right there. It really is because you want those two guys to work it out. That's what you want. You don't want to comment on it. You don't want to do it. This is something that personally had to be worked out inside that locker room. You've got to trust these men as grown men. And I don't know about you, but I trust Calvin Beecham as a grown man to walk into that locker room and make it right. But you know how I feel. Whatever he needed to do. Yeah. I I mean, you have said to him on the show that you would vote for him for president before last season. True. Uh, he's he's a great communicator, and and I know that he took some heat for saying stuff that I don't think was bad. <laughs> but whatever, it doesn't it doesn't matter if it was going to, if you thought it was bad or not. The fact that Jonathan Gannon comes in and is like, this probably isn't anything. Obviously, Kelvin Beachum wouldn't re-sign with sure. the team if he didn't like his quarterback. Right. But let's just talk it out anyway. Let's talk this out in April so that there's not any weirdness. In September. Just talk it out. Just have that communication, and it sounds like they've had it. Yes. Uh, my young crunk brothers, one of the things you want to do is you don't you don't want to be a grave digger. You don't want to be a grave digger. And a grave digger, metaphorically speaking, is somebody that buries issues. You don't want to be somebody that is burying issues. You need to vet this stuff. You need to talk about this stuff. You need to speak to people when you have relationships with them, a working relationship as well. Well, and that's exactly what Kyler Murray and Calvin Beecham have, a working relationship inside the paradigm known as an NFL locker room. You don't want to be a grave digger that throws dirt on it. Oh, that's a problem right there. Don't talk about the problem. Nobody, don't address the problem. Don't go face to face, face to face, bury the problem. That's what we do right now. There are grave diggers in life. You don't metaphorically want to be the grave digger. You don't. You got to talk about this stuff. You got to get it open. You got to get it out in the open. Get the shovel out and start digging if you have buried it. And I'm sure, and I said this at the time, even when Calvin Beecham said what he did in regard to to Kylo Murray, I said it at the time, Beach is going to make it right. He spoke his mind. There's nothing wrong. Gave his opinion. They'll make it right. They'll have a working relationship inside that locker room. And I think that's what JG just said they did. Now, I don't know where you come out on this, but for me, this going into this offseason, I've said this before, I thought the way the Cardinals could potentially attack next season was lean into your defense. You have some good young talent on defense. Zach Allen, Byron Murphy on top, you know, Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins. Well, some of those guys are gone, and Isaiah Simmons' fifth-year option has not been picked up, so he might be gone in a year. I thought that might be the strength of this team that you could build around. I think pretty clearly right now the strength of this team is its offensive line, which if that comes to fruition, I'm not upset about that. But, I mean, you you have what? You have DJ Humphreys. You figure Paris Johnson Jr. You don't really have a center, so it, no. See, that <laughs> you do is, need to that address that. I know that's that's what's bothering me. Will Hernandez, Kelvin Beecham. I, I like four of the five guys you have on the offensive line. Yes, no, I, I, I'm i with you on that one right there. I really do. Uh, I do think they have a starting four right now that could be um, much better 
than what they had last year. I'm, I'm counting on Paris Johnson Jr. being a guy that will play that left guard position, maybe even right guard. It depends on where Will Hernandez will line up as well. But to me, I feel really, really good about that. But man, the center is integral to that offensive line. It's like it's it's almost unsettling when you look at their depth chart and you're like, oh, okay, they got three receivers here and oh, maybe you don't like the guys necessarily that they have at this position or whatever. And you get the center and it's just empty. It's just empty. <laughs> so they're going to obviously have to address that. Otherwise, just because offensive line is a strength on their team, it's not going to be a strength if they don't have an actual center that's that's locked in there. But when you add Paris Johnson Jr., it's clear they're trying to make that the strength of their team. Here's Jonathan Gannon talking about where the best place is for their first-round draft pick to start. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the question. You know, he's obviously played outside and inside. Um, you know, we just got to get him on the grass and see where he kind of fits in with the other guys. Um, I'm very comfortable, you know, what he's put on tape of playing a lot of different spots on that offensive line. So we'll put the best guys out there and, and um, you know, the best five and see how we can make them gel together and uh, hopefully move people in the run game and keep the quarterback upright in the pass game. Yeah, there it is right there. Keep them upright in the pass game, but move people in the run game. That's what you want to be able to do. Will Hernandez is a guy that can move. you got to have schemes, Basinonians, that are designed to move people as well. See what that is? Do you, do you understand the goodness of that? You've got to have a philosophy first of moving people. Then you've got to speak it, Basinonians. You have to say it, and then you've got to do it. And the way you do it is you go out and you get guys who can execute your philosophy and execute what you've spoken. You got to find those guys. And then you got to run physical schemes inside of a ball game. And that's what I'm hoping is going to change here. Everything by all accounts right now, just listening to JG, listening to Drew Petzing, listening to the, the Arizona Cardinals talk about how they're going to be different. To me, I'm greatly encouraged because I think the difference is going to start on the line of scrimmage. And that makes me happy because you know I love the blood sport. And that's where the blood sport starts. Uh, and, and I know a lot of Cardinals fans, no, maybe not a lot, but there were some that, that didn't love the whole, hey, Kyler Murray wants them to draft Paris Johnson Jr., and then they drafted Paris Johnson Jr. Now, there's obviously more to it than that, but I, you know, I get, I get the optics of that if you're frustrated with your quarterback. But now that it's been done, it's, isn't it not a good thing that your offensive lineman, your new, your newest offensive lineman, your first round draft pick, and your quarterback are, are on the same page? Drew Petzing talked about that yesterday. You always want that bond. I think guys that, that feel close to each other in terms of shared common goals, um, and, you know, guys that have a respect for each other and have that relationship tend to play hard for each other. You know? So I think it's it's great to see that, and that's certainly just the beginning of it. And it's not just going to be between the two of them. Right? It's got to be between everybody on that field and in that meeting room. And, uh, I think it's a good start, and it's certainly got a long way to go. No, that really is. That's fantastic right there. But never forget this, Mason Earnings. You're not going to get along with everybody on your team, especially when you're talking about a hyper-aggressive alpha male paradigm that has 65 guys walking around in it. I'm talking about dudes here. 65 of them, at least, when you look at IR and everything else in the practice squad. So, you know, again, you're not going to get along with everybody. It's not imperative that you do. You don't have to. So, 
again, I didn't get along with a lot of the guys I played with. And <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if that's where you were going I with just, this. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't have to. You can you can have a working professional relationship. Does it help if you really do like the guy? Yeah, it helps. No denying that. But you don't have to have it. And by the way, Paris Johnson Jr., by most people's account, was the best offensive lineman in this draft. So it wasn't, hey, Kyler, you know what? It's a good eye by Kyler Murray. It wasn't like they were trying to appease Kyler Murray. All right, we come back. Back to baseball. First pitch coming up in about 20 minutes. What should we expect from Brandon Fott in his MLB debut today? And what was the reasoning behind the call-up right now? We're going to ask the D-backs assistant GM and senior vice president Amiel Sadeh. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, early start for the D-backs today, and it is Wednesday, so we're going to talk to a member of their front office. And this week it's Amiel Sade, D-backs senior vice president, assistant GM, joining us a little bit early because the game starts here soon. Amiel, thank you for the time. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. How you guys doing? Doing pretty good doing okay. here. Um, are you as excited to see Brandon Fott make his Major League debut as the rest of us are? I am. I'm actually in Texas right now, so I get the uh, uh, I get the lucky draw and get get a chance to see it in person. And um, it's a it's a great thing for the organization as a whole. From uh, you know the scouts that that scouted him and got him in 2020 to the development to uh, obviously to the Major League staff. So it's a Everyone's really excited, and um, and you know we we've been waiting for this day as we usually have. Uh, we usually do, and uh, we have any of these young kids come up. But uh, this one, this one's going to be pretty special. Amiel, what should we be looking for with Brandon Fought? Um, so Brandon, you know, obviously has uh, he's earned every inch of this opportunity. He's gone in in through the minor leagues and thrown a lot of strikes, and that's what he does. He goes, he attacks with his fastball. He's got three plus pitches, but um, he's not afraid to uh, to try to bully you with his fastball. And um, he's got a really good one. And um, you know, and then obviously he he um, he can he uses changeup, he uses slider. He's he's uh, not afraid to throw any pitch at any count and. Um, He's going to work quick and attack, and uh, he's he's a guy that um, that's not going to shy away from anybody. Uh, talking to Amiel Sade, Amiel, I'm always interested in the timing of stuff like this because you know we're talking about one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. What went into the thinking of you know he's going to start today, and and is the hope that he sticks around here now for a while? Um, the hope always is that when these young players come up, they stick around. I think, um, but as we've seen throughout um, the past few years, as we have a bunch of young players, that there is a you know sometimes they they come up and they have to go back down, and that's just kind of the evolution of a young player. Um, but um, yes, our hope is that uh, that he that he sticks around. And I think from a timing perspective, you know, I think you guys have seen we've taken on some injury with. Uh, uh, a few weeks ago with Davies, and and then you know when when uh, we released Bomb, um, you know it created opportunity, more opportunity for some of these young guys, and you know we want to give we want to give them all opportunity, and um, and it's just his it's his time. So um, you know I I think it's uh, he he got enough starts in Reno, got a lot of stuff ready. I think he's 
you, you know, you never know when someone's fully ready, but I think he's as prepared as anybody else. You know what I love so much of the time? You guys scout the threefold nature of man, Amiel. You scout the physical. You scout the spirit, the soul as well. You scout the inside just like you do the outside. So tell us, from a personality perspective, who is Brandon Fought? Yeah, he's a, he's a, I think if you met him um, just kind of walking around, he's a very um, – he's, he's a – just a very loose, easygoing guy, always smiling. Um, but he's super competitive. Um, I think the, the, you know, I've, you've heard me say this along the way with these young starting pitchers that we have, um, they all compete with each other. And, you know, Brandon didn't, you know, I mean, he was a fifth rounder in 2020 and he put himself right on the map. And I think he thinks he's the best out of the group. And that's, um, you know, he, he carries himself with a lot of confidence, but, um, not arrogance. And, um, and, you know, I think he, I look back on when we sent him out in spring training and he had a good spring training and he felt like he should have made the team. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what you want from these young, these young starting pitchers, these young players. And um, I think that's one of the things that makes him um, really good is just the competitiveness and, and the belief that he's going to be really good. Talking to D-backs, Senior Vice President, Assistant GM, Amiel Sade. Uh, Amiel, Zach Gallen actually gave up a run last night. That's just the eighth time in his last 18 starts he's allowed runs. And I know it, did, it ultimately led to a result you didn't like last night, but just in general, how refreshing has it been to see him get right back on track and basically pick up where he left off last year? Yeah, that, that's, um, that was huge, especially after the first uh, start or two. I think the one thing we've seen from Zach is obviously mixing all his pitches, um, but he he's not walking guys. And early on, he he did, and um, I think he he got that got away from him a little bit for his first two starts. And he's going right at hitters, attacking them with any one any one of his secondary pitches that um, he can use and keep them off balance. And yeah, last night was in his words, and I think he called it a clunker. Uh, I'm not sure I would necessarily categorizes it as that um, but it wasn't uh, Zach Gallon start that we're accustomed to and he'll get back on track but it's it's fun to watch anytime he goes out there Amiel you know for me I gotta tell you I was a little surprised this morning when I sat down and did a little research right here you guys are number five in hits you're number five in batting average team batting average you're number 10 in terms of scoring runs i i know it's only been 30 games right now but coming into this season i don't think i would have put you guys in the top 10 and the top five in these categories thinking you guys were going to be an offensive juggernaut uh, talk to me about your potential to be able to score runs and what you see from this lineup so far yeah, I think, you know, it's a resilient lineup. Um, we have a lot of guys. We don't strike out a lot. We make a lot of contact. I think uh, what you've been alluding to. So, you know, we are going to get our hits and we are going to um, have a pretty high batting average. I think um, those are the things, those are really important things in, in trying to create opportunities. But I think the one area that we still need to get better in is just getting, is continuing to get on base and get on base via the walk too. We think just having a good approach is really important. And those are areas that we've talked about. And so I think the best part about this team right now is that there, you know, we are doing some things really well, but we haven't even, there's still some upside. Um, you know, we haven't scratched the surface, I think, in areas that we could be doing better. And uh, and we're aware of it. And I think we're, you know, we're hopefully going to go continue on that progression, the upper progression.
Uh, Gabriel Moreno's hitting up around 350 over the last couple weeks. I know that's a guy that you guys have high hopes for big picture, not just this year. But, you know, considering his responsibilities behind the plate, what have you seen from him just across the board so far? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, again, I go back to uh, talking about young players and, and some of their struggles, and, and he's kind of proved us wrong um, because he's done not only um, offensively but defensively. He's been um, he's been as much as, if not better than advertised. I mean, he's shut down the running game. I think teams are now really afraid to run on him, which is great. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some development, little things that he's going to learn and pick up as a young catcher, uh, working with the pitchers and game calling and game planning, and those are things that I think we're gonna we're gonna be better off for by the end of the year and next year when uh, you know since he was kind of thrown into the fire. Um, and you know, at some point, Carson's going to come back and really help him too, which is going to be great. So, you know, he's been he's been um, he's been easy to put back there and um, obviously watch and, and offensively he's comes up in big situations and he, he's a guy that, you know, I think you guys referred to the batting average and making a lot of contact. He does a lot of that. He can, he, uh, he has good at bats every time he comes up there. Amiel, is Andrew Chafin your closer? <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> you knew I was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. I was just joking with Tori about how you always ask that question. <laughs> That's what I'm talking and about. I told him, I said, I said Whoopi always asks that question, and I always punt to say, you got to ask Tori the answer. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Uh, Amiel, we That's appreciate the time as always. All right, thank you. Good luck today. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, Amiel. That's uh, Amiel Sade, Arizona Diamondbacks Senior Vice President, Assistant GM, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. I wondered if you were going to ask that. Well, right you there. have to right now, right? Of course he is. How about, uh, how about this, the, the Zach Gallon stat? Because he was talking about how he was kind of walking guys earlier this season, right? And, and he's correct that he's walked five guys all season. No, he was earlier in the season is when the five walks happened, but still, yeah. his strikeout to walk ratio is 57 to 5. It's just amazing. Year. Right now, 16 and 14, this team that nobody really gave a chance, competitive, scrapping. Here we go. Love it. Uh, we come back. Is it time for the Suns to feature DeAndre Ayton more offensively? Well, one NBA analyst believes that's exactly the case. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.